So uh, today we will continue the introductory uh, or the beginning of the text called The Great Treatise on the Stages of the Path to Enlightenment by Lama Tsongkhapa. Um, and the uh, beginning begins with the uh, prologue or the homage. Um, uh, and uh, here we find uh, homage paid to uh, Manjushri and to uh, the uh, Shakyamuni um, and then to uh, uh, the great master. Uh, Machaya uh, and the trailblazers uh, Nagarjuna and Asanga, uh, and then uh, paying uh, a tribute or respect to Lord Atisha uh, uh, and his teachers. So Lama Tsongkhapa first uh, begins in the expression of worship, or the uh, it's called uh, or the homage se homage section by paying homage to uh, um, all of these deities and teachers, um, and then the uh, second section. Um, uh, is called the preliminary instructions, um, and and that is uh, directly after the homage section. ね、ドゥドゥドゥよばて、あの、シンタチェムロドゥドゥトメニゲ、テンランベジャヨアです。ニバジェ。ソンバテ、あの、ランドゥチェバチェムジョンレ。チェルジャイドゥジャトソンジ
uh, a summary of what the context, context uh, a summary of the contents of this specific book uh, uh, are. So first, um, Lama Tsongkhapa states that this is a commentary um, on the text, The Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment by Lord Atisha. Um, so that's the first statement. And then Lama Tsongkhapa makes four uh, specific statements about uh, the context of the main text, uh, which this is a commentary on. So first and foremost, uh, um, Lama Tsongkhapa states that um, it contains all the key points of the conqueror's speech, or all of the pronouncements of uh, Lord Buddha. Um, and what is meant by that is that uh, the contents um, of this text are uh, all of Buddha's teachings, uh, all of the sutra teachings, all of the tantra teachings, the Hinayana teachings, the Mahayana teachings, all of the teachings that uh, Buddha uh, gave are contained and summarized within this text. So first and foremost, this is the first key point um, uh, about the teaching that will be explained. Um, so because this is a commentary on Atisha's work, this text will contain this information as well. Um, so the next is that it, uh, it says, are the pathways forged by the two great uh, trailblazers, Arya, uh, uh, Nagarjuna, and Asanga. And the meaning of this is the two trailblazers uh, um, uh, are the commentators, are commentators on Buddha's speech. Um, and two, two specific commentators here, they are called trailblazers, are the great master Asanga and the great master Nagarjuna. So uh, Lama Tsongkhapa is asserting that uh, all of the trailblazers' uh, teachings are summarized and can be found in th that text. Therefore, since this is a commentary on that text, they are found in this. Then are the system for supreme beings progressing to the state of omniscience. So this text contains the uh, entire uh, Mahayana path. Uh, I'm sorry, this text contains teachings which are considered great vehicle teachings um, because they lead one to the Buddha grounds. Uh, so because they lead one to the grounds of the Buddha or the ground of the Buddha, they are necessarily considered great vehicle teachings. So the third point that's made is that the, uh, they're the system for those seeking omniscience or those wishing to become Buddhas. Uh, and the last point uh, that's made, and, and it can be said for that point as well since it's contained within the root text then it's necessarily contained in this text because it's the commentary. And then the fourth point is that it fully comprises all the stages practiced by uh, the three types of persons. So the three, uh, the teachings for beings of three capacities. So we find that the teachings for beings who wish to uh, um, um, reach uh, the stage of the higher realms for their next rebirth. We find the teachings on the stages of the path for beings of small capacity. And for then the next level of those wishing for liberation uh, or nirvana, then there are the teachings for beings of medium capacity. And then those wishing to uh, um, attain complete Buddhahood, there are the teachings for beings of great capacity. Um, so uh, the, the, all of those uh, um, uh, teachings or all of those scopes can be found within the initial teaching, uh, Lamb for the Path to Enlightenment, therefore they are necessarily in this text because this text is a, uh, a commentary on the Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment which summarizes all of those four key points. <laughs> Chu is a good 
So now, um, in the next part of the uh, text for the preliminary instructions, uh, Lama Tsongkhapa states that there are two specific ways that one can uh, go about giving uh, the teachings, so, or explain the teachings. The first way is um, according to the Nalanda masters, where they uh, um, explain the teachings uh, according to the three purities. So the purity um, of the speech of the master, the purity of the mind of the disciple, uh, and the purity of the teaching that will be explained. So there are three purities uh, that the um, Nalanda uh, masters used uh, to explain teachings. Um, uh, uh, um, so the next um, uh, uh, way of explaining teachings, or next system of explaining teachings, uh, can be found in the Vikrama Vik Kramalashila tradition. I'm sorry, I'm terrible with Sanskrit words. Uh, Vikramalashila tradition, um, where they begin uh, with the three topics, and the topics are the greatness of the author of the teaching, the greatness of the teaching, and how one should explain and listen uh, to the teaching. So Lama Tsongkhapa states that the, uh, there are two ways of explaining the teachings, either by way of purities or topics. Um, and Lama Tsongkhapa states he is going to follow this explanation of the stage of the path to enlightenment will follow the Vikramalashila's uh, mode of explanation that shows the greatness of the um, author, the greatness of the teaching, and then the, um, how to listen to and explain the teachings. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth <coughs> point uh, that is added to those three is that how to lead students with the actual instructions. So this means how to lead students through the uh, stages of the path for beings of three capacities. So this is what is meant by this fourth addition to the three topics. So the first, showing the greatness of the teachings, uh, author, in order to establish that is of noble origin, um, or it is of superior origin. Uh, So it's showing that this is in the uh, lineage of the superiors, this teaching. This teaching uh, comes from, uh, here the noble uh, is the superior, which is the same word as Arya. So this noble origin refers to, uh, uh, if we look at the Sanskrit, an Arya origin. So it's of... uh, 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 superior origin. So um, here the teachings uh, um, uh, author then is of noble lineage 
Um, and then there, this section uh, makes various points about Lord Atisha and to show the greatness of him as a being um, in order to uh, establish that his teachings are of the lineage of the superiors. Uh, so, and those lineages of the superiors are the uh, superiors who were the masters of the Nalanda Monastery uh, uh, that are being referred to in India. Um, so, the Indian scholars, the Indian pandits. Uh, so, literally the Indian uh, um, uh, superiors. Uh, so this is in the lineage of the Indian superiors. So it's similar to a company uh, um, trying to, uh, who wants to sell various products, um, and then the company uh, shows how great the product is in order uh, uh, to get uh, consumers to purchase that product. So in the same way, uh, this particular section is showing the greatness of the uh, the teacher uh, in order to. Uh, um, uh, um, show that it's of no, noble origin and worthwhile to listen to. So the second is showing the greatness of the teaching in order to engender respect for the instructions. Um, so uh, if uh, a company had a very uh, good medication uh, that worked for illness, various illnesses, um, then they would uh, promote that medication or advertise that medication uh, and show uh, the various pot its various potencies or its various abilities. Uh, um, so, likewise, here, um, uh, the, the second section deals with the greatness of the teaching um, in that if one practices the teaching, uh, one is able to achieve various results. So, uh, it's almost promoting uh, Atisha's teaching and showing the greatness of it because it shows the stages of the path for beings who wish to achieve rebirth in the higher realms. It shows the stages of the path for those who wish to achieve uh, nirvana or liber liberation. and shows the stages of the path for those beings who wish to achieve the state of enlightenment uh, or complete Buddhahood. Um, so therefore, uh, um, uh, um, by knowing that uh, it contains those uh, uh, various stages of the path, um, uh, one would then uh, um, uh, have, uh, uh, it says, engender respect for the instructions. So one would uh, then have faith in the, the instructions by knowing uh, where they lead to or the good qualities of them. <laughs> Um, so then, uh, going back to uh, Lord Atisha's uh, noble uh, origin, we find first that how he took rebirth in an excellent lineage. Uh, that's the heading. Um, and this refers to uh, how Lord Atisha was born. Uh, uh, where Lord Atisha was born, first of all, he was born in Bengal, uh, in an eastern city. Uh, and uh, it says that uh, his uh, um, 
uh, was from a, a royal uh, lineage or noble lineage, uh, um, uh, so that uh, he was uh, born in uh, uh, noble here is not the same noble as before, though, uh, of uh, the king's lineage. Uh, his father was a king. Um, and he was the middle of three princes, or the middle child of three, three princes. Um, so his mother, uh, uh, I'm sorry, his, the king was called Kalyanashri, uh, and the queen was called Sri Prabha. Um, and then they had three sons, uh, Padma Garbha, Chanda Garbha, and Sri Garbha, uh, and that's the order of age. And Atisha is known also as Chanda Garbha, uh, was the middle son. Uh, so... Um, uh, this is showing that Atisha was born uh, as a prince um, and that where in the city of Bengal um, and that he was the middle of three sons. <laughs> so uh, then it says uh, the next section is how upon the that basis he gained good qualities. So then how upon the basis of the uh, um, uh, noble origin uh, from that basis how he achieved uh, his excellent excellent qualities. Uh, and the first is how he gained his excellent qualities of scriptural knowledge, and then the next, and after that, is how he gained his excellent qualities of realizational knowledge. So those are the uh, um, two sections. And then beginning with uh, how uh, he gained his good qualities of scriptural knowledge, uh, we find um, a section called How Knowing Many Texts He Gained the Good Qualities of Scriptural Knowledge. Um, and then uh, it shows that he was, by the age of 21, uh, skilled in uh, all the topics, common, uh, all common and uncommon topics, uh, grammar, logic, crafts, medicine, uh, uh, valid cognition, a category of philosophy called valid cognition, uh, and so forth. And it's, uh, it says the 64 arts, there are many, and those are examples of them. Construction, uh, so those are all examples, and this he achieved by the age of 21. And then it shows how Lord Atisha at the age of 15 was able to read a very condensed text by Dharmakirti called The Drop of Reasoning. Uh, there are uh, seven treatises of uh, Dharmakirti, um, and this text is a very condensed text uh, about valid cognition, um, uh, um, pramana. Uh, uh, valid is the same word in, in Sanskrit, pramana. Uh, so valid cognition. Um, and uh, this is a condensed text. And by the age of 15, he was, after hearing it one time, able to ascertain the meaning of it uh, so well that a very famous non-Buddhist scholar came to debate him and he was able to defeat the non-Buddhist scholar who was very famous in that debate at that very young age. And because of that, his uh, fame spread everywhere. He uh, was uh, recognized uh, to have these qualities and became very famous.
So then, after uh, um, this period, Atisha then received complete uh, um, initiations into the tantric teachings uh, by uh, Raula, Raula Gupta, um, uh, the Lord of Contemplation of the Black Mountain Temple. So he received uh, various um, initiations um, in the tantric tradition. Um, and then after uh, um, um, studying the various tantras, became a great scholar um, in the tantric teachings uh, and initiations, a great scholar of the Vajrayana. Um, so because of his scholastic achievements, he uh, began to have a little bit of pride um, in, in thinking that he, he was the only one who really knew these teachings. Um, and then uh, he had a dream where many uh, uh, Dakinis uh, arrived and showed him various volumes of tantric texts that he had never seen before. Um, and as a result of that, his pride lessened because he realized that he had not mastered all of the um, tantric teachings. so then uh, all of the Lord Atisha's teachers um, and his chosen deities, and, and Rinpoche said with an emphasis on uh, Tara, uh, the female Buddha, uh, uh, Lord Atisha, um, uh, was receiving from his teachers and from his uh, chosen deities um, uh, instructions uh, to uh, become ordained or to become a monk. Uh, he was being urged by them and being told that it would benefit other beings greatly if he were to uh, take on the robes or, of a monk and uh, take on full ordination. So after being urged to do so <coughs> by his teachers and chosen deities, he received the ordination uh, from the Mahasamgika elder uh, Silarakshita. Uh, and, uh, uh, he was a, a master. This particular abbot, uh, Silarakshita, who um, um, gave uh, Atisha his vows, was said to be uh, to have already achieved the uh, path of preparation. Uh, so, um, uh, uh, and just translators note it says according to one view. Uh, so he achieved the state of the path of, of preparation. Uh, so um, Lord uh, Atisha then became ordained because of realizing the benefit to others uh, after his teachers and deities urged him. Uh, to do so. And then the, um, uh, the Mahasamgika in English is called the um, spiritual majority. What then? Talos wants to switch the puzzle that Kajore 
then at the age of 31, uh, Atisha uh, began to uh, uh, study all of the, the main um, uh, texts, that are the main um, uh, topics within the Buddhist tradition, such as the uh, uh, perfection of wisdom teachings, uh, the middle way teachings, uh, the uh, Abhidharma teachings of the treasury, uh, uh, treasury of knowledge, or treasury house of knowledge, treasury of knowledge teachings. So the Abhidharma, the Maidimika, the Prajnaparamita, um, and the um, Vinaya, the Vinaya. So the different topics of the um, uh, with, that are the common in of Buddhist knowledge. Uh, so he became a great scholar, and then in particular. Uh, he received teachings for 12 years on the great detailed uh, explanation uh, by Dharma Rashita uh, um, uh, on the great exposition. And he said, uh, through very, becoming very skilled in the text of the four, of the four basic schools, uh, so the, the four different divisions uh, um, that can be found uh, within the uh, great detailed explanation. What is that? What So here this shows how uh, Lord Atisha um, gained his excellent qualities of scriptural knowledge through uh, studying um, all of the different texts. Um, by studying the uh, teachings on valid cognition and uh, uh, becoming skilled at all the things common to Buddhist and non-Buddhist and the, the preliminary uh, and uh, final teachings uh, um, from the Sutra vehicle to the Tantra vehicle. Uh, so it shows how Lord Atisha gained the excellent qualities relative to all of those objects of knowledge, um, all of those areas of learning. Uh, in this section, so uh, so all of the sutra and tantra, as well as the non-Buddhist traditions. What the long, long, the 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 long, Mm. So, then in looking at how he gained his uh, scriptural 
uh, knowledge, um, uh, um, uh, this uh, scriptural, um, uh, yeah, because scriptural doctrine, I'm always thinking, scriptural knowledge uh, um, was by this process of studying the uh, um, all of the different teachings and within the three baskets of knowledge of the Vinaya basket, the Sutra basket, the Abhidharma basket. And it says that uh, um, one uh, when when we speak of what the scriptural knowledge is from, uh, it's by teaching or hearing the Dharma. So scriptural knowledge is those refers to those two categories: one's hearing the teachings or giving the teachings. So those two fall into the category of scriptural knowledge. And it shows here how uh, Tisha gained his uh, understanding of all of these topics of the three baskets, um, um, and then, uh, yeah, all of these topics of the three baskets. Um, so, uh, the next section is how engaging in proper practice he gained the excellent qualities of experiential knowledge or realizational uh, doctrine. Um, so, here at the, the main points uh, um, that are made are relative to the vows uh, that Atisha has taken, or the, uh, that, uh, the vows that Atisha took. Uh, so here, the main emphasis here um, in the realizational section is, uh, um, uh, is on the, uh, the three different types of vows, the individual liberation vows, the bodhisattva vows, and the tantric vows. So there's an emphasis then put um, on these three uh, types of vows in the realizational uh, so, um, the uh, how uh, um, when we look at the realizational truth, uh, so uh, or uh, um, it's a different word than doctrine here. Just to be clear, as a translator, if we look at realizational truth, um, realizational truth is gained through engaging. Uh, when we look at that word, that's referring to what's gained through engaging in the practice of the three highest higher trainings, the highest higher training in ethics, concentration, and wisdom. And we find uh, the uh, condensed um, explanation of those three highest higher trainings in the sutra requested by Brahma. Um, uh, in the great, and we find that quote in the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. We um, dealt with it uh, um, a while ago, Ramachay said, or before. Uh, where it says that ethical discipline has six branches. Concentration is the four blissful abodes. Uh, the four aspects of the four noble truths are always pure sublime uh, wisdoms. Uh, so this uh, uh, stanza is referring to the three highest higher trainings, and the three highest higher trainings fall categorically under uh, realizational truth. What the... <coughs> 
he gained his um, uh, realizational truth uh, through relying on the um, very the three highest higher trainings, through relying on the highest higher training in ethics, through uh, relying on the highest higher training in concentration, and through relying on the highest higher uh, training in wisdom, he was able to achieve these this realizational truth or experiential truth. So when I forgot one thing, Rimshe, uh, and then uh, when the Buddha states that this is the superior truth of path, uh, that's what's uh, the same truth, uh, the same word. That truth is the same word that's here, um, and the path is referring to the three highest higher trainings. So the uh, experiential truth is the experience of the three highest higher trainings. So if we look at the uh, two things, uh, if we look at these topics of scriptural and, and uh, experiential uh, truth, um, no, or excellent qualities of uh, realization, and actually, that's it. The excellent qualities of scripture, uh, and excellent. Yeah, it's yes. You got to to translators note the word knowledge uh, in there. So or doctrine. <coughs> so uh, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, so the, if we look at the um, scriptural doctrine, or uh, we look at. Uh, the scriptural excellent qualities. Uh, scriptural refers to something like the Heart Sutra or the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. This is a, a scriptural excellent quality. If one thinks about the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge and uh, familiarizes oneself with it, then one achieves realizational uh, excellent quality. <laughs> So by uh, reciting the uh, Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, uh, um, we would be engaging in the scriptural, uh, excellent qualities of the scriptural uh, um, knowledge, and by thinking of the meaning of the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, we're engaging in the realizational excellent qualities. So, in the prayer we recite, uh, the refuge prayer, where it says, I take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, um, we find um, in that, when we're reciting it, um, it would fall into the categories of the excellent qualities. Uh, of scripture or scriptural excellent qualities um, and if we're thinking of the meaning of this refuge prayer uh, then it would fall into the category of realizational 
excellent qualities or experiential ex excellent qualities. Four immeasurables uh, have these words, the letters of uh, the words of the four immeasurables, the tzik. So the words uh, having some kind of uh, liking for or gapa uh, tepa faith in uh, the words themselves and reciting them falls into the category of uh, scriptural excellent qualities and then thinking of the meaning of these words of the four immeasurables I think I said the, I hope I did. I'm speaking about the four immeasurables now, thinking of the meaning of these four immeasurables falls into the category of realizational excellent qualities. Uh, so whether we're doing a seven-limb prayer or a mandala offering uh, or uh, reciting the, the source of all my good or the foundation of all good qualities, uh, or making, uh, reciting various mantras, the Yintenshi Jerma Danga, Zonga Dang, okay, so Paul Lama, making dedication prayers. Um, so all of these uh, uh, would topics would um, have the same uh, um, explanation. These topics would have the same explanation. What the Jerma and the Jerma see the so if we look at the, for instance, uh, um, uh, the Tara's prayer, the words of Tara's prayer are the excellent qualities of, or scriptural excellent qualities. Thinking of the meaning of the words of Tara's prayer are the re experiential or realizational excellent qualities. So, Basu Bandhu was known for reciting the three baskets every day of the Vinaya, the Sutra, and the Abhidharma um, in various sections of the day of morning, the uh, uh, afternoon, and the night. So, by the recitation of the words, uh, uh, the words uh, and the recitation is scriptural excellent qualities, but thinking of the meaning of those three baskets would be uh, experiential or realizational excellent qualities. What the Basubandu Chakuni is again, Pedi Dignego. Less Lesson. Uh, so there is a story of a pigeon that lived uh, outside of Basubandhu's window, and he would listen to the recitation of the three baskets um, uh, in the morning um, and then at night. So very early in the morning, one basket was recited, and then uh, in the afternoon, one was recited, and in the evening, another was recited. Um, and uh, the pigeon was only able to attend the morning and the evening's recitations because during the lunchtime recitation he had to go out and get uh, gather food. Um, so then it is said that uh, the, uh, in the pigeon's following life he was born as a boy uh, who then uh, grew up to be a very great scholar and actually surpassed 
Vasubandhu's scholastic abilities relative to the Abhidharma Kosha or Abhidharma um, uh, basket. Uh, we can see the power of just listening to a teaching. If a, a, a pigeon or a cat or an anim, a, a dog, any kind of animal who has no ability to think about the meaning of the words is able to achieve uh, this result um, just from hearing the words, imagine what we can do. So if we uh, uh, listen to and uh, then understand the meaning of uh, the texts, uh, then it will be of great benefit to us. Okay, so now it's English, page 38, uh, if you're following along in the text. Uh, um, and then the Tibetan, it's on page 6. Uh, so, and how engaging in proper practice he gained the good qualities of experiential knowledge. Uh, in general, the three precious scriptural collections include all of the scriptural teachings of the conqueror. Thus, the three precious trainings must also include the teachings as they are realized. <laughs> So it says in general the three precious scriptural collections. So the, the three baskets of the Abhidharma Vinaya and uh, sutra baskets encompass all of the Buddha's uh, uh, speech, and the Buddha's speech um, is synonymous uh, with chipa, the, the same as the scriptural um, um, doctrine. Uh, so the Buddha's speech is considered the scriptural, uh, and when I say Buddha's speech, the words of the Buddha, so the, all, all of the three baskets. So that, those baskets themselves are considered the scriptural um, uh, um, I guess we'll use the word knowledge here because we're using it in the book, scriptural knowledge. Um, so, but in order for those teachings to be realized, one must rely upon the three highest higher trainings. Um, so the three highest higher trainings are how one realizes those three baskets. Uh, so this is the, uh, um, 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 uh, what is meant here um, in this section. Mm-hmm. 
So in reading the rest here, it says, With respect to that, the scriptures and their commentaries repeatedly praise training and ethical discipline as the basis for all good qualities, such as the training in concentration and wisdom. Therefore, at the outset, you must have the good qualities of knowledge that occur in context in the training of ethical discipline. So when we look at the um, three highest higher trainings, we'll find the highest higher training in ethics, highest higher training in concentration, and the highest higher training um, in wisdom. And then going back to that first highest higher training in ethics, we see it that quote from the sutra requested by Brahma that says, ethical discipline has six branches. So ethical discipline becomes the basis for one's ability to realize the other two highest higher trainings. So ethical discipline at the, uh, in the beginning becomes the most important foundation because it's from ethical discipline that one is able to realize the highest higher training in concentration and then realize the highest higher training in wisdom. So the ethical discipline uh, is the, the first and, and foremost training one should engage in. So um, now when we speak of ethical discipline, um, ethics, uh, we can say, uh, has um, three, ethics have three aspects, um, ethics have three aspects or three different categories. The category of the um, individual liberation vow, the category of the bodhisattva vow, and the category of the um, tantric vow. So within the individual liberation vow, there are various vows for householders, uh, both lifetime and 24-hour vows. Um, and uh, there are five abandonments um, that a householder um, 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 commits to abandon um, if he or she takes uh, the full vow. Now, it is stated that there are five different lineages um, of householder lifetime uh, vow takers. Uh, there are those who can keep one, uh, who can uh, who keep one of the five householder vows. There are those who keep two of the five householder vows. 
There are those who keep three of the householder vows, those who keep four of the householder vows, those who keep five of the householder vows. So it's stated that one can commit to uh, one or two or three up to the five, which are the five complete, uh, which uh, the five are the complete vow. Um, so the five abandonments. Uh, so then, uh, those are the, uh, there are vows for a male and a female, uh, and they're the same in the, in the um, uh, householder vows. Uh, then there are the um, novice, monk, and nun vows that there are many uh, vows in, and those are ordained vows, the going forth vows. They're called rapjong, going forth vows. So there are novice, monk, and nun vows. Then there is a probationary nun's vow, and then there are fully ordained uh, um, monk and nun's vows. So there are many different categories of uh, vows um, for the those who have gone forth um, uh, uh, with, within uh, um, the, the individual liberation vows. And then there are the other vows just explained for householders contained within the um, uh, individual liberation vows. So before we went over the, the quote from the sutra requested by Brahma where it states that ethical discipline has six branches and uh, we've gone over that so we're going to go over before and we'll probably go through similar information because it will help us to do so. Uh-huh. 
I bow down to the elder upholder of the texts on discipline. So here this is referring to the individual liberation vows specifically. Uh, because it's uh, in the section how a teacher possess superior vows of individual liberation. Uh, and there's, I'm sorry, a good quote is from the 80 verses of praise by Natso, who wrote these 80 verses of praise to Lord Atisha. Um, he was, uh, had a great deal of uh, devotion to Lord Atisha. And it says, I bow down to the elder. The elder here refers to Atisha, upholder of the text on discipline, referring to the, the individual liberation texts. Supreme of monks, passing the glory of pure deeds, you, having entered the door of the Shravaka vehicle, uh, so, um, uh, the teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity. I asked Rinpoche why that says that there. Was Atisha a hearer? Because Shravaka is the hearer vehicle. And Rinpoche was just saying that that is just saying uh, that entered the door of those teachings shared in common with beings of medium capa capacity and then and the, uh, as an example. Um, and then it says guarded ethical discipline as a yak um, guards its tail. Uh, whenever uh, a yak becomes fearful or thinks it's going to be killed, it sounds like it puts its tail between its legs uh, um, because its its tail is uh, 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 it's very uh, attached to it. Uh, so if it sees a hunter, there's some writing here. I'm always hesitant to read it because it might be a different story. Uh, yeah, so they guard it. They put it between their legs. Uh, so they guard their tails. They feel that their tails are, are very important. Yaks are very attached to them. So whenever they get scared or think they're going to be killed, they hide their tail uh, between their legs. They guard it. Uh, it sounds like what it, I said, like a dog. And when it gets scared, Rimshe said, yeah, similar to that. So they guard their tail. Uh, um, in the same way, uh, one should guard one's ethical discipline, just like uh, the reaction that a yak has to uh, when uh, it's scared of uh, being killed, for instance. That's cool, Cassette J. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Shabby 
Uh, so uh, next is the Atisha possess the Bodhisattva vows. Um, and uh, here it says, You have entered the door of the perfection vehicle, developed the whole, pure wholehearted resolve, and due to your spirit of enlightenment, you would not desert living beings. I bow down to you, intelligent and compassionate one. And that's again from Natsu's 80 praise, verses of praise uh, of Lord Atisha. And here it's stating that uh, um, he has achieved uh, the mind that aspires to enlightenment and committed to it. So if we look at the mind that aspires to enlightenment, the topic, that is the door to the Mahayana, or the door to the great vehicle, just as um, refuge is the door into Buddhism. So taking refuge in the three jewels is the door into Buddhism. The uh, door into the great vehicle is the mind that aspires to enlightenment. And the mind that aspires to enlightenment is gained in uh, two different ways. And if we look specifically at the instructions of the seven-point cause and effect for achieving the mind that aspires to enlightenment, um, uh, there are four causes uh, for um, compassion. Uh, uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, let me just back up. Uh, so... Uh, one can achieve the mind that aspires to enlightenment um, uh, in two different ways. Uh, the uh, uh, seven-point uh, cause and effect for achieving the mind that aspires to enlightenment and the equalizing and exchanging self with others practice. Uh, so th these are two instructions which will lead one to, here it's called the spirit of enlightenment, which refers to the mind that aspires to enlightenment or bodhicitta. And then here, not so, in his 80 verses, says, I bow down to you, uh, intelligent and compassionate one. Um, uh, uh, I, I, think it, I, I think it's the Ninji shot Selo. Ninji Chempo shot the Pukeg, the God Ninji so here, um, it says, combat, compassionate one. 
It's really a compassionate possessor. So he's, he's bowing down to method and wisdom that Atisha possesses. He's a possessor of, intelligent, uh, of intelligence, which refers to wisdom, um, and compassion, because the Chen, uh, he, they translate it as one, is possessor. Uh, it can be translated as one, two. Uh, so um, this shows that Atisha possesses the um, wisdom, method and wisdom. And compassion is generated um, um, in, in, uh, by four specific s steps, if we look at the seven-point cause and effect for achieving the mind that aspires to enlightenment. And then compassion produces two specific results according to the seven-point cause and effect for achieving uh, the mind that aspires to enlightenment. So, uh, looking at the topic of compassion, um, uh, it is caused by recognizing that sentient beings are our mothers, remembering their kindness, wishing to repay their kindness, and then generating love through the force of attraction. Then these four steps found within that seven-point instruction produce great compassion. Then great compassion uh, um, is a cause of the next two steps found in that seven-point instruction, which refer to the extraordinary attitude um, and then the final result of the spirit of enlightenment, or the mind that aspires to enlightenment. Um, so we will now get into, uh, uh, we, now those topics have to be discussed um, about how one achieves the state of the mind that aspires to enlightenment, um, and how uh, one possessing compassion and one possessing uh, wisdom is worthy of uh, um, homage and praise. Um, so, uh, Okay, so, um, then when the mind that aspires to enlightenment has two different categories, aspirational bodhicitta and engaged bodhicitta. Um, when it says that w when one wishes or desires to uh, um, uh, become uh, a Buddha for the sake of all sentient beings, uh, then the aspirational bodhicitta is generated. And when one then does, then uh, goes on the path to head towards uh, the grounds of the Buddha, then this becomes um, um, engaged bodhicitta. So the um, aspirational uh, bodhicitta is achieved at the Mahayana path of accumulation. Um, and it's only found on the Mahayana path of accumulation. It is, uh, the, the aspirational bodhicitta is not found anywhere else. Um, and that's when one first becomes a bodhisattva because he or she, within his or her continuum, has realized the mind that is bodhisattva. Uh, so this is the moment that one becomes a bodhisattva and has bodhicitta. So this is called aspirational bodhicitta, and it's only on the path of accumulation. Um, then the next thing that happens is, once one with bodhicitta, uh, be, uh, and at that point here she is a bodhisattva, takes the bodhisattva vow, then he or she becomes, uh, has engaged bodhicitta um, uh, and becomes an engaged bodhisattva and actually begins to traverse the path. So the first is an aspiration and a generation of the mind uh, that aspires to enlightenment. And then the next is a commitment uh, to the path and the bodhisattva vows and then it becomes engaged practice. So it's only on the Mahayana path of accumulation that we find uh, this aspirational bodhicitta, um, and in the mantra of the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, it's the first gate 
where we find, uh, because in it, the Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha, we find the five paths um, uh, implicitly met within those words. The, first, the five paths are the path of accumulation, the path of preparation, the path of seeing, the path of meditation, and the path of no more learning. And it's the first gate uh, that refers to the path of accumulation. And it's only <coughs> that path of accumulation that one has the aspirational bodhicitta, because one will have taken a bodhisattva vow uh, at, during those later um, um, paths. Uh, so, uh, um, let me make sure I have everything. And, and then the two different uh, types of practices which lead to bodhicitta, the equalizing and exchanging self with others practice, and the seven-point cause and effect. So, uh, yeah, I believe that I, that's, that's everything. Then, So then the, um, the equalizing and exchanging self with others practice uh, is a practice that um, uh, shows the uh, negativities or the faults of the self-cherishing attitude and then explains the excellent qualities um, of a cherish, an attitude which cherishes others. Um, and then Atisha um, uh, um, uh, practices according to the root text called the seven-point mind training. Um, and then we find it, uh, uh, first um, it talks about first training in the preliminaries. Uh, so the preliminaries referring to those teachings that are shared in common uh, with all of the traditions. Um, and then the next, uh, it says, uh, uh, think all phenomena are like a dream, examine with the basis uh, uh, of unproduced knowing, even the antidote will liberate to its ground, sit with the nature of the mind basis of all. And then it says, I think actually that's, it can, the text can be in two orders, I think Rinpoche chose to do the other order, the, the different order, so I made a mistake, I believe that Rinpoche didn't read that, because uh, that's in the end in another order, uh, there, this text can be done in two ways. So. Uh, that's the emptiness section, which comes later in the way Rinpoche is explaining it. So, train alternately in giving and taking. Mount these two on the energy winds. Three subjects, three poisons, and three root virtues in your everyday life. Train yourself with virtues to stimulate remembrance. Build up your taking by starting with yourself. 
so here, in the root uh, um, seven point, in the root text, Lojung text, the, the root mind training text, the Lojung dun dun ma yo marebe. Atisha Lojung saware. Mamu madu talalas. Yo sun. ああ、ああ、ああ。ああ、ああ。ああ。ああ。ああ。ああ。ああ。ああ。ああ。ああ。ああ。ああ。ああ。ああ。ああ。ああ。ああ。ああ。ああ。ああ。ああ。ああ。
and then we find these commentaries such as the then the George Becher the Sawa. Then the Lojun Dun Duma Sikemo, Suncha Corlo, the Delpa. What does it all Delpa? So the um, the root mind training text we would say is the Lord Atisha's text. Um, and then the Kadampa masters uh, wrote various commentaries um, on uh, this root text. Commentaries such as the Langritamba's eight verses for mind training, Geshe Chikawa's seven point uh, thought transformation, uh, or seven point mind training, and Dharmarashita's uh, uh, Dar uh, wheel of sharp weapons. Uh, so all of these fall into the category. Uh, and uh, mind training like the rays of the sun. Uh, <coughs> so these all fall into the category. I got them now. These all fall into the category um, of the mind training text and contain uh, the same meanings. So these were uh, by the Kandampa masters uh, created these texts, uh, looking at this very small the shugu chi. Oh, very too small. Very. Maybe not even a. He said that they're too very small, but not even a full page of the root wisdom text by Atisha. It's very small. This guy, I'm sure it's somewhere in English. So that's really the root. Uh, that Atisha's mind training text is the root, uh, and there's very few words there. It's a condensed meaning of all that, and then all of these other texts are. are uh, um, Explaining this root. Every day I do this prayer. If it's not too small, it's hard. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. If, even though it's very small, oh, here we I flipped it. Even though it's very small, it's very hard. It's very difficult because it summarizes all of these key points, uh, and it uh, can be uh, the meaning can be expanded when we when you look at the what's implicitly within those words. So uh, um, um, it, it, it's it's so that's the way. So it's only the uh, the meaning within it is very difficult, even though it's uh, easier because it's only a couple of, of pages. And then uh, after that, the after this section in the uh, this mind training root text, then we find the um, uh, mind training commit commitments and mind training advice. Uh, so the damsik and the. Um, Lapcha, so uh, commitments and advice. So that comes after this section in the root text by Atisha. So Atisha then the Indonesia manbe. Selimba Joseph Indonesia manbe. Oh, Jasul Juni Mupene. And then Selimba Kuni Indonesia. Two Sen Tanga Shubar said. Juni Manga Tui Shubar said. Two Tanga Tanga Shubar said. Sebato Selimba Selimba Tene. Jitui Shambatan Jambe Ane. Tomet and Shivala, Shivala la Jubi, Damba Chula, 
Rio de Janeiro, 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 Randonhoa, Dona Gente do, José Tene, da Gnamola Jesus Botares, Guatemala. So it says um, that then uh, Lord Atisha, going back to Lord Atisha's story. Um, Lord Atisha then went uh, and took a very long trip to Indonesia uh, to meet with uh, the master, Selingpa, uh, to train in the mind that aspires to enlightenment teachings, uh, to train in the seven-point cause and effect instruction for achieving the mind that aspires to enlightenment, and primarily to train in the equalizing and exchanging self with others practice. Um, so he uh, took a very long trip to Indonesia to be able to receive those instructions and those instructions were the instructions transmitted uh, from, from Machaea uh, to Asanga and Manjushri to Shantideva uh, respectively. Um, so uh, the seven point transmitted from Machaea uh, to Asanga and the equalizing exchanging self with others practice transmitted from Manjushri to Shantideva. So uh, he went to study these teachings with uh, Lama Serlimpa then uh, and the Lojuni Deso Shusun Chulasun. So this the place that Rinpoche uh, that uh, Atisha went to is called Indonesia now, and uh, so many people uh, have died there. Has there been a recent? Uh, uh, so sorry, I don't have TV. Uh, the, the tsunamis. Oh, there's been two tsunamis uh, recently um, in Indonesia, and so many people have died. But Atisha took a very long trip uh, to be able to go there to have these teachings transmitted to him uh, by Sirlingpa. Um, and then it says uh, another quote from the 80 verses of praise says, The one who set his own interests and took up the burden of others' interests is my guru, uh, Atisha. So, uh, Lord Atisha put his own interests aside. Um, uh, so Lama Natso is praising again Atisha for for this. So uh, um, years before, many people died from the tsunami in uh, Indonesia, and now again we have this situation occurring. So uh, Ramishi said, Ninji, we have to compassion. Think about this. Uh, then <laughs> And 
Then there arose in his heart the spirit of enlightenment that cherishes others more than oneself. So in the, uh, I don't know the name of the text, Rinpoche said in the uh, prayer book, uh, it's a thick book, with a lot of prayers in it. It says realizing that uh, disregarding one's own purpose and realizing uh, others' purpose um, um, by recognizing the downfalls of the self-cherishing attitude uh, is the practice of the equalizing and exchanging self with others. So, uh, so that there arose. In, so that's from the explanation before. And then there arose in his heart the spirit of enlightenment, which cherishes one more than oneself. So that's, that aspirational spirit induced him the engaged spirit of enlightenment. So here, uh, Atisha first achieved aspirational bodhicitta, or aspirational mind that aspires to enlightenment, um, and then uh, uh, took the bodhisattva vows. Uh, so then be, be, uh, achieved the engaged mind that aspires to enlightenment. So once one has the mind that aspires to enlightenment, then he or she uh, says, I will take up the practice of the ten perfections, the six perfections. I will make a commitment to this. And the commitment then is in the form of the bodhisattva vow. Then he or she takes the bodhisattva vow. The bodhisattva vow has 18 root vows and 46 secondary vows. And then he or she becomes an engaged bodhisattva and has engaged bodhicitta uh, once this takes place. So it says, then... Uh, uh, that aspirational spirit induced him the engaged spirit of enlightenment, so he then became uh, an engaged bodhisattva. He then learned the practices pursuant to his promise to train in the great waves of the bodhisattva deeds, and with those good actions he never transgressed the boundaries of the code of the conqueror's children. So the code of the conqueror's children, the vows, again, are the 18 root and the 46 uh, secondary, and then those are specifically... Um, uh, so one can engage in the practice of uh, those are for one who is engaging in the practice of the six perfections or the, the ten perfections in whichever way you uh, want to order them. 
so the next is the vows of the Vajrayana or the Tantrayana vows that he possessed. But we see an emphasis throughout this entire text on the mind that aspires to enlightenment. And it's because it's of utmost importance and that it's for this reason that he traveled so far to Indonesia to see Master Salimpa to learn the practices of the instructions of the seven point cause and effect and the equalizing and exchanging self with others practice. So this um, becomes uh, um, a step in the process of, of being able to achieve the Vajrayana or the Tantrayana. So the mind that aspires to enlightenment um, is uh, emphasized throughout this text over and over again um, because of this purpose, because of this reason. So there are two, there are two, uh, um, uh, so the, the Vajrayana, I'll first read the quote. Now from Natsu's 80 verses of praise, it says, Having entered the door of the Vajrayana, you saw yourself as a deity and possessed the Vajra mind. Lord of contemplation, Avadutipa, uh, I bow down to you engaged in secret conduct. So the Vajrayana, if we look, or Tantrayana, uh, has uh, three, I'm sorry, has four categories. Uh, action Tantra, Performance Tantra, 
yogic tantra and highest yogic tantra. Um, and then um, uh, here, and then the highest yoga tantra, we have the different stages of uh, generation stage and completion stage. Um, we don't find the generation and completion stage in the three lower tantras. We find the yoga with and without signs. Uh, so in the lower tantric traditions, there is no um, uh, generation or completion stage. We just have this with and without signs and no signs. Uh, so here, uh, the highest yoga tantra refers to the, the teachings of the Chakrasambhava, Nguya Samaja, and uh, Yamantaka, Kala Chakra. So in this particular... Vajrakila, uh, um, all of those practices would uh, fall into the category of the highest yoga tantra. Um, and here it says, I bow down to you who engaged in secret conduct. It's referring to the practices of the uh, generation state. The, the, the practices of the... Uh, the Nejolana may be Jew. The Shuluka the Nejolana may be Jew. Nejolana may be Jew too. Okay. And then, because Jerin Jerinje, Chunu Duji, Jimmy Bushu, and Ronhazi is Jerinje. Jerin and Turin there, Nejolana may be Jew to Mato, Nenju Judah, Shavi Judah, Shaju Yomar. ジェルダセメガデニュデラプサーデセチセメラプサーデネデアデニジェリンダンオッケーディスンダロンハジェルマチウォデジェリンジャグドワアハアネドジトドンテンセアドリンジャグドリンジャグオッケーアソデネフウ
so the reason for these four classes of Tantra is because they correspond with four different levels of attachment. Uh, so uh, four, four, uh, um, yeah. So they correspond with four different levels of attachment. So what are the four types of attachment? And uh, we can use the example of uh, attachment that is created in a relationship between a boy and a girl. So the four different types of attachment, uh, the first type is the type of attachment um, uh, that arises from the bliss of looking at one another. So the happiness that is achieved uh, from looking at one another and then the attachment that is created. The second is the um, happiness that's achieved by laughing and smiling at one another. Um, that's the next level of um, uh, attachment uh, that we're referring to. The next is the uh, happiness or bliss arisen from touching or holding hands. Um, and this, this uh, uh, happiness or bliss that arises from holding hands uh, corresponds with the attachment that uh, um, arises. And then uh, the final um, attachment refers to the bliss that's arisen from sexual contact. Uh, um, uh, um, so um, that's the final uh, um, bliss. And then attachment uh, and the final attachment. So when we look at the, the various um, different classes of Tantra, they correspond with those different levels of, uh, of attachment to that bliss. So the, uh, one utilizes the bliss, in the action tantra, one utilizes the bliss uh, um, 
that arises from um, um, uh, looking uh, um, to uh, um, um, create a path. Um, in the performance tantra, one uses the uh, bliss arisen from uh, um, laughing or smiling to create a path. And then yogic tantra, uh, holding hands to create a path. And the highest yoga tantra, is sexual contact to create a path. And the way that this works is through a union of wisdom realizing emptiness um, and deity yoga, um, one is able to utilize these various levels of attachment in order to destroy the attachment itself. Uh, so, it's similar to a, a bug that's born from a tree. Uh, there's a certain kind of bug that's born from a tree, but that actually eats the tree uh, in order to sustain itself. So, likewise, the attachment, uh, uh, the bliss that's arisen, is used, and the energy of that is used to combat the attachment that normally would occur. So, the different levels of attachment uh, um, create... Uh, different levels of bliss and different levels of, of, uh, um, of, 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 of power. And when I say power, I mean ability to get rid of the attachment altogether. So uh, one has to have the wisdom realizing emptiness and then engage in this deity yoga. And then through this realization of emptiness in the deity yoga and the use of these blisses, one is able to get rid of the attachment altogether. Uh, so this is the, how the four classes of Tantra correspond with looking, smiling, holding hands, and sexual contact, uh, and the bliss and attachment that arises from those uh, events, and the power or ability, because those events, are, the attachment is so strong, to convert that power into that which destroys the attachment. So then anger and attachment can be transformed actually into a pathway which leads to Buddhahood. So there's so many different uh, commentaries about are there four classes of Tantra or three classes of Tantra and why uh, this is and uh, why there are these classes and why there uh, aren't these classes. So there's a lot of debate that goes around uh, the classification of the Tantric systems. So the reason that we can give, if we are to say there are four classes of Tantra, is that there are four attachments that occur uh, to the bliss that arises from those four different events, the looking, smiling, touching, and, and uh, contact. So uh, that's the, re the sign uh, or the reason that we can give for the enumeration of four classes of Tantra, because it corresponds with the four types of attachment to bliss. Uh, so this is the Buddhist uh, uh, reasoning, sign, reason, reason or sign, the sign of this. Uh, so how, uh, uh, we have to see uh, what science says as well. We have to check this, this information out. Oh, 
Uh, we're at five minutes after, so I guess we're out of time. Um, uh, let's just go right to the concluding prayers. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Um, any mistakes were on my side. There was a lot of information given today. Um, so hopefully it was clear. Uh, and uh, We'll end with the, the mandala offering up to Long Life Prayer for Rinpoche in English. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate what virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Mantavadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In the heavenly realm of Tibet, surrounded by a chain of snow mountains, the source of all happiness and health for beings is Tenzin Yasho, Chen Resigan's person. May his life be secure for hundreds of Kalpas. I pray for the long life of precious Kensar a polar of spiritual realization doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. 